Hey, Scott and John here with Bible Mysteries. We want to thank you for being a listener, but we'd love to invite you to become a subscriber. Absolutely. This will only help us to expand the amount of people that we're able to reach and show the secrets in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know about. That's right, John. And if you subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast, you get some great benefits. Access to every current episode, the full thing, even with our interviews and any special events we do. Plus, we have downloadable show notes. We have our community forum and Slack that you can join. And we have our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter. So for just $7 a month, you can help support us get the word out and defeat the satanic global elite. To subscribe, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. Thanks again for listening and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? You're listening to episode 120, Escape from the New Age Deception, interview with Kara Mosher. Now here are your hosts, Scott and John. Welcome once again to Bible Mysteries Podcast. I'm Scott Mitchell. And I'm John Potts. And this is the show that talks about things in the Bible the world does not want you to know. Amen. And we have a very special guest with us today. I want to introduce you, Kara Mosher. Good morning, Kara. Good morning, Scott and John. Thank you so much for having me on here. I'm really excited to talk with you today. Well, we are so privileged to have you with us today. Uh, for our audience, in case you don't know, I want to tell you that Kara Masha is an author. She's a musician. She ha- She's the host of the Let's Be Friends podcast and has been the co-host of the Not So Secret Societies podcast. That's been discontinued, but uh, she was a, a, a big part of that. But best of all, she's got a book coming out soon. Uh, title is Here Comes Trouble, which already intrigues me. <laughs> I love that title. It sounds like fun. And I want to tell you, Kara was very kind enough to send me just an excerpt of the book yesterday. And Kara, I was actually working yesterday when you texted it, and I did plan on looking at it until I finished my shift, but I started reading the first sentence and I couldn't put it down. Oh, really? <laughs> I almost, almost got in trouble because it was like, oh, this I got to finish this. It was amazing. <laughs> so that first chapter alone just, just absolutely captured me and I can't wait to read the rest. But uh, it's going to be published shortly and you can learn more about all these things at Kara's website, which is karamosher.com. And uh, I also want you to know, as a musician, Kara released a full-length album called uh, Dosage in 2017, as well as an EP called Wasted Youth. And just the very names and titles are already telling me you have a story to share, Kara. Um, She has a fascinating story to tell about being deceived by and part of the New Age occult uh, world and then finding salvation through Jesus Christ. And we are very excited to have her on the show today. Kara, welcome to Bible Mysteries. Thank you so much. That's such a nice um, introduction for me. I really appreciate it. So thoughtful and thorough and 
bringing up my music as well and just uh, everything. Thank you. I feel very welcome here and I'm excited to talk with you both. And I'm really excited that you read the first chapter of my book because that's it's at, at your, I have not shared it with many people because it's but it's in final edits right now. But I was like, I have to give them a little well. tidbit. It, yeah, I was envious after reading it because I thought I need an opener like that. <laughs> the book I'm working on is not nearly as exciting, in my opinion. But I'm so grateful to John for telling me about you because I, you know, because we do a podcast as well, like we were talking about earlier. We don't have a lot of time to listen to other shows. And John tends to have more time to find things. So he's my discovery. He's my bird dog. You know, he flushes out the, the good stuff and he tells me about it. So, John, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, John. You know, you know where I, I heard Kara the first time, and I, I completely texted Kara out of the blue, right? And she's yeah. like, how did you even get my number? I, I was like, who is this? Like, who is it? Right? But I uh, I heard Kara the, for the first time, and we like to give a lot of plugs to other great podcasts out there, but I heard you for the first time on uh, Blurry Creatures. Yeah. And, and it, I was like, this is a fascinating story. There's got to be more to this, right? Because that was like a little piece of the puzzle. And after I read the first chapter of your book, I was like, okay, there's way more to this than 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 what she's given to them. So, yeah, this is uh, – I mean, I feel like we could do several podcasts with Kara with the amount of stuff she's got going on. Oh, I'm, I'm already picturing uh, – conferences and stuff where we can music jams who knows <clears throat> I'm a, as a fellow musician I, I i always look for opportunities where we can use that as that's one of the gifts that god gave us absolutely um, so uh, we'll have to talk about that too but Kara, I, I definitely want to get into your background but uh, before we dive into that i just thought um how did you come to be on blurry creatures the, I, we love that show and those guys are fun, but uh, and I know a lot of uh, authors and and lecturers and you know guys like Timothy Alberino and Ellie Marzulli that have been on the show. But how how did you come across these guys? Um, my co-host for Not So Secret Societies, Amy, had been on their podcast. I think they just discovered her oh. content on social media, and then they invited us both to come on and talk about uh, the blurry creature, the Greys, a lamb who Alistair Crawley summoned and I think at the Alma Trier working and uh, so it was just the timing like uh, it was the timing was right and we had just started secret society not so secret societies and so we Amy and I went on and that's how I met Luke and Nate and I've had Nate on let's be friends a couple times we've become friends and I I just love those guys are great I love their their podcast is so much fun and I'm so happy for the success that that podcast has had it's really gotten out there and oh yeah uh, I'm honored to have been on the show and and you're John you're totally right like there's so much more to that story than me I kind of just mentioned they didn't know I was going to mention that they didn't know I oh, I've seen a gray like I've seen one of these beings like um so they didn't they didn't know I was going to tell that story that that day oh you mean you threw him a curveball that's great oh I threw him a, I threw him a major curveball yeah well, the, the fascinating thing is you you in the first chapter of your book and I guess we're going to build this up because the book is looking like it's going to be really cool it the I started reading the first chapter of the book and I'm like, Hey, this is what I heard on blurry creatures. And all of a sudden it's like the next page got deeper and more. And I was like, Holy cow. Like the very first chapter just <laughs> blows you away with like five or six different things. Yeah. So I, I'm looking forward to the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Me too. I, uh, the first chapter was 
something very mellow and like normal because it's a memoir so it's mm. all everything is real nothing is fabricated and there's just completely in my story but i was talking to my editor i'm like i need something's gonna hook people at the beginning this <laughs> happened in 2020 how about moving this chapter at the beginning and that's not even the there's a whole chapter about when the i saw the gray it's called contact and that's actually my editor's favorite chapter in the book Oh, I, I can't wait to read it. And, and you know, your book reminded me, I, I read years and years ago of a story of another person that was actually deep into witchcraft, you know, a satanic high priest type, really, you know, and they wrote a book called, I think it was Lucifer Dethroned. Oh, I actually, I, I've heard of that book. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, I want to, I hope I don't mispronounce his name. I think it's William Schnabelin. Um, and he's he's a much older uh, brother now, and uh, I think he still does YouTube videos, if I'm not mistaken. But um, it, that first um, that first chapter just captured me as, oh my gosh, it's going to be kind of like that other guy went through something, you know. But it was so much. It, it, I, there was this detail, there was this color to it. It was almost like I was watching a movie, you know. So it's it's so well done. I. I I keep saying it, but I can't wait to read the rest. Thank you. Um, yeah, it makes you... me so happy. Like, I'm so worried, like nervous about letting this book out because it's my life story and it's yeah. wild. Like I have a yeah. wild story. My editor's always like, this feels like, she's like, I can't believe this isn't fiction. Like she's just like, this feels like a um, a thriller care. I'm like, it's my life. Like, you know, like it's, it's my, it's a memoir. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's so, it, the timing, I'm sorry, John, go ahead. Release date again. Sorry, Scott, I'm cutting over you. What's the release date again? I, I'm guessing January uh, 2023. I'm self-publishing, so it's kind of like whatever day I get it out. But it's halfway edited, completely done. But I keep writing new chapters. So, and I, and I like it. Yeah. 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 I need to just I, end I was it. just thinking in my head, because we're doing the the Bible Mysteries Conference in Seguin in, on January 22nd. Yeah. How cool would that be if we had, like, the first... Copy, yeah, you know, that really right would be. there, and we'll yeah. definitely promote it there. Uh, you know, oh, we've got yeah. author Ryan Peterson. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Uh, Judgment of the Nephilim. He's a fantastic writer, and he's going to be our guest speaker. But he would love to meet you. Uh, I know because Brian's like my brother from a different mother. I mean, he's we he and I are so simpatico theologically, but just uh, all the way around. So um, yeah, I think uh, he would be fascinated. And one of the timing of us learning about you and meeting you is so interesting because uh, John and I have been discussing on several recent episodes how Christianity in general tends to sort of ignore the spiritual warfare we're engaged in. And you were like in the thick of the battle. You're you're like a, a you know a, a person that can give testimony to being behind enemy lines. So why don't we dive into your testimony of salvation, Kara, and and how you came to have your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Without giving away the whole book, <laughs> tell us your story. Yeah, it's um it's a long story. So I'll try to. I've been getting better at condensing it. So it really just to let people know, give it early background on me, I grew up um, in a family that didn't, wasn't religious, didn't go to church. God was never mentioned. Jesus was never mentioned ever. Mm. And I love my parents so much. It's not a, a fault on them. It's just, that's just, that's where they were. And so I um, actually, this is hard for me to say, but I thought Jesus was a fictional character and that the Bible was full of myths. Christians were misled it was all a cult. Um, and mm. I, I just, I, I couldn't even like, I didn't care about Jesus. I didn't, none of it. And so I could never have been, I, I couldn't have been filled with the Holy spirit. I, 
I believe you're, you've got the Antichrist spirit, you've got the Holy Spirit. Might be a little intense for some people, but I, that's, I just think you're, you're either you're, you're saved or you're not. And so I, you know, grew up my whole life not knowing Jesus and having a lot of anxiety, depression issues. I started having suicide ideations and I was like 16 years old, which is just the thought of wanting to be dead. Um, I never tried killing myself. Just one time I attempted and that was in 2020 and I'll get to that. But I was um, very emotionally distraught <clears throat> most my whole life and just always searching to say, what's wrong with me? I went to rehab in my 20s. Um, you know, I, I, I started binge drinking alcohol in high school. I started smoking pot when I was like 17. I dabbled a little bit in some drugs and stuff, um, but then got into psychedelics. Um, pretty major. Like when I was in college, I took mushrooms for the first time and loved it. Just like had was like, wow, these are amazing. And just got really deep into the psychedelic world because of enjoying it. And but still having uh, emotional issues, anxiety issues, depression. Um, you know, like I said, I went to rehab and I was, you know, I got sober for like six months, but then I, I went right, fell right back into my comfort of doing psychedelics, honestly, always mushrooms. Um, and by the time I was, uh, 29 years old, I actually like my boyfriend at the time broke up with me and, I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to kill myself then. I, I literally wasn't mentally well. I, but like, I saw all this, you know, and I got checked into the psych ward. And in the psych ward, um, within 10 seconds, I, I sat down in front of a psychiatrist and she said, you're bipolar. Um, obviously, she basically, she's like, she just goes, you're bipolar. You're having a mixed mania episode right now. We're going to start you on Depakote. And it was like, whoop, into the psych ward. I was so miserable. I just did what I was told. Started my first pill of what would be 30,000 over the next eight years, five misdiagnoses from five different psychiatrists that I was bipolar to find out in 2019, I'd been misdiagnosed. This is a, this is an act of God straight up that I found out I'd been misdiagnosed because nothing got better. And this is a huge part of my story too. That's kind of separate from we're going to talk where I know about the spiritual stuff and the, the psychedelic realm, the spiritual realm and all that. But I, um, like I said, I took 30,000 pills over eight years. Five psychiatrists misdiagnosed me, said I was bipolar. I was in that system and I never got better. How did my you aunt, find my out? Aunt, how, I'm sorry. How did you no. find out you'd been misdiagnosed? So I'd been, I was a great bipolar patient. I took my pills every day. I kept on a sleep schedule. I saw the same counselor for 10 years. I was, I wanted to get better. And so I'm year eight, diagnosed bipolar not better. I'm on almost 20 pills a day. Um, started with the one and you know what you take a pill, you got side effects, you got to take another pill and never getting better than up the, up the dosage. And I'm sitting in front of my psychiatrist and I'm like, I'm not getting any better. Like I need something else. You need to put me, please put me on something else. And he looked at me and he said, there's nothing else we can put you on. Like you're, you're maxed out. He's like, wow. cause you have to have blood tests done all the time to have your levels checked. Cause these pills like lithium, they're, they're toxic. They'll kill you. If the levels are too high, it's, it's a, it's a very, it's a d dangerous game. They're playing poisoning you. And so I was like, Oh, okay. So I, he goes, but there's, you know, I live in Austin, Texas. He said the university of Texas has this program called the mood center. And it's literally for people who are diagnosed bipolar to get them on the lowest dosage of medicine. Because this is a problem with people who are schizophrenic, depressed, bipolar. Uh, these are mood disorders. 
These are treated with pills. They're incurable. You are a customer for Rockefeller medicine for life. And in fact, my eight years misdiagnosed, I've done the math, is about half a million dollars paid to big pharma unnecessarily. But anyways, I go to the mood center. And so, like I said, I was diagnosed bipolar in 10 seconds at the psych ward. After four hours of interviews with two different professionals, one being a psychiatrist, I was told, you don't have the mania for a bipolar diagnosis. I had never had problems sleeping. I really, like, the. I didn't think I was God. I wasn't super sexually promiscuous. I literally, I did have a handle on my life. And mania comes out in these, like, intense ways. Like, people don't sleep for a week. They don't eat. They're, they think they're God. They, they, I didn't ha really have that. But I still had all the emotional issues and I wasn't right. So I accepted that bipolar diagnosis. So when I found out I had been misdiagnosed, and this is in the book, I was just like, whoa, I, my label's been bipolar for eight years. What are you talking about? I've been, I've been like, I became bipolar. I allowed myself to be miserable and say, oh, it's a bipolar. I can't do anything about it. It's incurable. Find out I've been misdiagnosed. Go back to my normal psychiatrist. And he looks at me and says, well, how fast do you want to get off the pills? I was like, wow, okay. So we took nine months. I titrated off the pills with the blessing of psych my psychiatrist. Like this doesn't happen very much at all. Like yeah. this that's is amazing. God, this was God. Because yeah. I was sick. I was dying. I had a lot of health problems from the 20 pills I was taking every day. My, like I said, my anger outbursts didn't get better. My suicide ideations were off the charts all the time. I was, my life was a mess. Like, and so I, they did say though, you have borderline personality disorder. Now, I tiptoe around all these diagnoses at this point because I've woken up to the modern medicine um, whole thing, and that's a whole other conversation. But basically, if you're bipolar, you have an incurable mood disorder, and you have one of these, you have like these nine symptoms, like I've kind of been mentioning, you know, depression, anger, mania, da 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 da, da. Borderline personality disorder, same symptoms, except it's treatable. Not treated by medicine, but by a skills-based therapy called dialectal behavioral therapy. And so I started dialectical behavioral therapy. Turns out I had done it like seven years prior, just had forgotten. I did this intensive outpatient uh, program, learned all these skills. I mean, this is kind of new agey, but it did, a lot of it did help. Um, it was one-third mindfulness, one-third interpersonal effectiveness skills, how to talk to other people, and one-third emotional regulation, how to handle your own emotions. So I got off the pills over nine months, slowly, and I don't recommend anybody hardcore get off pills if you're on pills. D I do not recommend that. Right, Take your time dangerous. because you become addicted to them. Yeah. Like it yeah. becomes part of your, and so, but this was 2019, just to give a time frame here, and this will lead to Jesus. Don't worry. And uh, it's all, the whole thing is leading to Jesus. Um, and uh, 2019, August, I'm off, I'm getting off the pills by June, 2020, you know, we've got COVID that hits by the, you know, I have to mention this and I was totally asleep to it at first. You know, I, I these pills put you to sleep and I start questioning things. I start questioning things. I'm getting off my pills. I'm waking up. And like I said, I was one of the most scared people I know for the whole thing. I mean, I went to the pharmacy in like March 2020 with rubber gloves on, a trench coat, two masks, goggles to get my medicines. I was wow. so I was so afraid. I was ready to get the vaccine instantly. Wow. And but then I start wake slow. Somebody starts shifting in me. And um, to, I don't want to get like into too many details, but by June 2020, I was like, this something's not right here. And 
I hated, this is important to say, I hated Donald Trump, hated him. I was a total liberal. I was making memes about him. And one of the skills in dialectical behavioral therapy was to do a loving kindness meditation because, you know, it was one third mindfulness mm -hmm. to someone you hated more than anyone. For me, public enemy number one, spring 2020 was Donald Trump. So I start doing this loving kindness meditation to him. And I have a whole chapter in my book on this. And it's actually pretty funny. And by the end of the month, I'm like, why do I hate him so much? Like he's doing <laughs> some good things. Like, um, you know, I want him to be successful. I want everyone to be successful. And I, what happened is, is I realized that fake, what he meant by fake news. Cause I had been, I was an NPR on the new, like world news on the hour person before that. It was a total liberal. Wow. Like, and I see them, I started learning about mind programming. Yeah, And so yeah. Don, that's why I like, love you, Donald. Thank you. Like, I still think you're part of the game now, but I love you. Like, you know, <laughs> and, but it, what it did was, is I see this was God starting to soften my heart. And what happened was I looked and I was like, how do women like Donald Trump? Um, like that, you know, I'd heard him say some pretty awful things about women. So I go online on Instagram. I start looking at female Donald Trump supporters accounts and I start seeing, I'm like, they look normal. They look like really nice people. And there are a lot of them are Christians. And I see this hashtag save the children. And I'm like, what the heck is this? Why do the children need saving? So it takes me into the rabbit hole. Cause you know, I started learning about uh, child trafficking, trafficking and sexual abuse. Yeah. And I learned Donald yeah. Trump had broken up more pedophile rings than any other president. He had like done way more. He had created January was uh, human trafficking month. And so the whole kind of like giving love to Donald brought me into the rabbit hole in an odd way. Ch showed me that the news was lying yeah. to us and different stations and that there was this kind of bias out there. And so it started fracturing my world. But, and then in June, 2020, I was getting off my final pill, which was an antidepressant. It was the last pill I got off of. And a side effect to getting off an antidepressant is, uh, to attempt suicide, which mm, is yeah. crazy that that's a like side effect of getting off, uh, uh, antidepressant is that you might try killing yourself. Like that's mm -hmm. just crazy. So I'm getting off this antidepressant. It's been fine getting off all the other pills. Like I had no problems, but I start getting brain zaps and brain zaps is very common when you're getting off antidepressant where you just, it's like zzz, in your brain, you can't think you feel kind of crazy. Like your brain is coming off some very heavy right. uh, chemicals. And so I, I made an attempt on my life. The only time I've ever tried committing suicide since I had, I hate to say it, but probably thousands of suicide ideations in my life since I was 16. I was very mm. mentally sick for, for decades, yeah. but this was the only time I actually attempted my life, June 11th, 2020. So by the grace of God, I didn't, I, I didn't die. I, and so that night I did what I did because I wasn't a believer. I, I believed in something bigger. Like when I was in rehab and I did the AA steps, I, I did it. You have to have a higher power. I God. chose the sun as my higher power, which is very How I know. interesting. <laughs> it couldn't have been Jesus. I didn't believe in him. I couldn't even say his name comfortably. But at this point, I, you know, I did believe in something greater. I just didn't know what it was. And I'd had these crazy experiences on psychedelics, so I didn't totally understand them. And that's mm. kind of important. So that night after I tried killing myself, I, I got a hotel room. I like, I have to get out of the house. Something's wrong with like This is crazy. Like imagine being told you're bipolar and then finding out you're not. And then getting off the pills and all of a sudden I try killing myself. I'm like, uh, what, what is it? Do I need to get back on the pills? Like what's going on? I'm waking up to this world and it's hard mm. being asleep and realizing, oh my gosh, what we were taught in school is probably a lie. And the news is lying to us. And oh my God, my public enemy number one, Donald's not as bad as I thought. And so I got this <laughs> hotel room and I did what I did. I got, I took two grams of mushrooms because this mm. is what I did to, for 
to get with God, to heal. This is what this was my I idolized psychedelics. And right this is right before I took the psychedelics, I wrote a letter to God. I said, "Dear God," and this was not something I normally did ever. I just said, "Dear God, um I don't have anything I want in this life anymore. Um, I have no purpose. I, there's nothing I want. I was like, but you kept me alive today. Mm. So you can have this vessel and you can use it. I, I gave myself to God now. And then I just, I went, but then I took the mushrooms. I took a large dose of mushrooms. And what happened was, and I have a whole chapter about that, about this called baptism. Because I liked getting in the bathtub when I was tripping on mushrooms. And I am—I didn't know this at the time because I never made sense of it until a little bit later. Um, I'm a seer, which means I can see the spirit world. When I would take mushrooms, it had started in 2012. I started, I saw Ganesh. Ganesh is a Hindi god. I think this is a fallen angel now. But at the time, I didn't even know about the fallen angels. I didn't know about demons. I didn't believe in Satan. So I was never worried about what I saw in the spirit world or what happened on psychedelics. I thought this is a psychedelic trip. Voices would come and talk to me in my head when I would take psychedelics. I would go, I would astral project on my body. One of the first times I took mushrooms and when I was 18 years old, I was walking through the neighborhood and I turned around and my legs were behind me and my waist was out here and I'd split in half. And the mm. next second I, I blasted into the woods and I was the size of an ant on a log. Hi, if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider being a full-time subscriber. We are going to use these funds to expand the message and get the word out about what's in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know about. That's right, John. We appreciate you listening, but we'd love it if you'd subscribe. That way we can reach more people with the time we have left. So enjoy the rest of the podcast, but think about subscribing if the Lord puts it on your heart. To subscribe, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. Thanks. And then I blasted back into my body. Like I would have, and I would go, oh, wow, that was cool. Just thought I was tripping on psychedelics. Didn't realize most likely because of my sensitivities, same reason I was diagnosed bipolar, same reasons I felt so much. I have, it's a gift God gave me, but the spirit world took and twisted. Satan, Lucifer took it. He wanted me. I was not a believer, so he could take me. I could be possessed. These, when you are not filled with the Holy Spirit, you can be possessed. And as a medium, you have the spirit in you. It comes into your body. The voices come into your head. They come inside you. And that was happening to me. And I was seeing the spirit world and I was leaving my body and doing all this stuff. And I didn't even know it. I just thought I was tripping on psychedelics. Uh-huh. and This is a lot of fun. And I did it for decades. And so on June 20th, you know, I, I tried killing myself. I get this hotel room. I take a huge dose of mushrooms and I wake up in the spirit world because it's a process and my book gives all the details on how this happens like what it's like and but what happened that night is something very different i woke up in the spirit world and i saw 12 spirits around me and they were like had cloaks kind of over their heads and i they were standing around me almost as if i was like a bonfire and they look at me and they go you did it we've been waiting thousands of years for you to wake up and this is the lifetime you're going to be fully awake and you're going to heal yourself and all this stuff. They start telling me these things and I had this whole experience and I felt I was reborn that night and I had written that letter to God earlier. And so I was like, oh my gosh, am I, this is like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Like, and they told me this is your baptism and which is total blasphemy. When you think about it, mm. you know, baptism, baptism, like it's yeah. crazy. And I didn't know about the Hollywood world and what the symbolism with the bathtub or any of that. I didn't know any about that. What happened was is I was illuminated over time. And I, I learned 
through my experiences now looking back because God's given me the clarity now. I see how the spirit world illuminates people. I understand what enlightenment is. I truly get what this Illuminati thing is. It's much bigger than Hollywood. It's happening to lots of people and it has to do with the awakening. It has to do with faith and where you are. So I have this moment and what happens after this is I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is wow. This is wild. This is amazing. And what happens is it's 2020. Um, you know, I'm in a weird place. I'm waking up. My boyfriend thinks I'm insane because I'm questioning things. How could I ever think Donald Trump wasn't a bad person? The news isn't fake. You're crazy, Kara. You're questioning stuff. Like, what's wrong with you? And this is normal for when you're waking up because of cognitive dissonance. So I was desperate for friends. And the world's still shut down because everybody's still afraid. And I meet this group in Austin that's doing moon ceremonies. It was a friend of mine from the past, from just the music scene in Austin. And I was like, okay, I'll come to a moon ceremony. And I get onto the Zoom. I start doing these moon ceremonies with her and this group. And I just, um, I love it because I've got friends. And I, I didn't practice any kind of magic purposely before, but I was enjoying the moon ceremonies. And the I guess it's all paganism, right? Yeah. But what happens is I start explaining to them what's going on with me. And they go, oh, you're ascending. You're ascending into the fifth dimension, Kara. And this is a whole new age concept that you ascend into the fifth dimension and da 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 but and they're, so they're aware of it at the time they were th- wait sorry what i said they, so they are in just being around you and talking to you they're aware of that yeah because i was sharing in the moon ceremonies you'd share what was going on with you and i was like i don't know what's going on with me but my my heart's expanding and i'm waking up and i'm seeing this world wow. different and they're like oh you're just ascending you're ascending you're waking <laughs> up kara yeah. Yeah. come do ayahuasca with us so I, okay, I've always, I'm on an endless journey to heal myself. I've done everything, rehab, pills, um, yeah. psychedelics, therapy, um, EMDR, I, 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 you name it. I had done the treatment because all I wanted was to feel better. I, I, you know, I was plagued with, with emotional issues. So I was like, well, ayahuasca's on the list. Let's do it. So I went to do ayahuasca with them have this crazy experience. It's in my book. I think I'm, I believe I'm, I'm, I melded with Kali Ma, which is another spirit. Cause you know, it's dangerous for someone like me who so easily can communes with the spirit world. It d- doesn't know that these are dangerous. This is dangerous. And I, I, you know, I, so I go in the spirit world, I have this experience. And then again, it's all in my book for the details. I don't, I know this story could go really long, but what happened after doing ayahuasca is my awakening accelerated. I mm. learned about MK ultra. And that trauma-based mind control. Uh, this is an, something done by the CIA in the 50s. It's, a, it's about, um, it's, based, it's bigger than just what the CIA has done. We're all being mind controlled with the TV, with oh, yeah. um, it's indoctrination. It's, it's everywhere. And, um, but I start learning about it. And then I just, it was like within a week, I learned like 10 years of conspiracy stuff. I don't know. Like, it's hard to explain, but. Yeah. And then by, um, in the next couple of months by October 10th, 2020, I'm hanging out with a girl from this new age group that I've met. We become really good friends. She starts teaching me like basic witchcraft and we do psychedelics together and we're suddenly obsessed with aliens. I had never believed in aliens before. I never believed in past <laughs> lives before, but then now I'm with this new age group. I'm having this awakening. I'm vulnerable. I'm suddenly like believing in aliens and stuff. I'm seeing lights in the skies and I'm like, well, I have all these crazy experiences and let's summon aliens in and take psychedelics. So she opens a circle, which is magic. She calls in her spirit guide. She, t- I never opened circles. I never 
felt I, w- I should do that. I don't know. It's, this is a practice in witchcraft. And she did it. And then, you know, we take the psychedelics and then I did what I did on psychedelics. I navigated in the spirit world. And I, again, this is all in my book. And I think you read the first chapter is, was with her, uh, one of the experiences with her where we did this, but this night, this was Ruby. This is Ruby. Yeah. Ruby, the name Ruby in the book. Yep. Okay. Yep. On 10, 10, 2020, we, she opens a circle and we summon in aliens and that's the night I saw the gray. Um, I did what I see now is I, I have the ability, Alistair Crawley needed a medium. He, women, I think are more sensitive and more like seeing and hearing the spirit world. That's why they end up being like channelers and stuff. But I, I didn't realize, but I have the abilities to do that stuff. That's what I was doing. I I can be that medium between the spirit world and hearing. So that night I, I brought in this it's it's a lot, and we'll talk about it more. But and Carol, so, let me let me interrupt you just for a second here, because <clears throat> one of the there's a lot of theories amongst believing authors, lecturers, whatever, out there about the Greys, and some say they're actually extraterrestrials, some say they're demons, some say they're hybrid Nephilim type creatures. Do you have an opinion about yeah, that? Yeah, I, I I believe. See, like the after this experience that night. I went inside because I was out in my yard doing this to my boyfriend. I said, oh, my gosh, like I thought this was an alien. Aliens are real. Like, this Mm -hmm. is crazy. But they're not what you think. I'm like, they're energy. They're not physical. Like, I was able to see that it's a spirit. It's an energy. And so now I believe this is fallen angel stuff. I think Mm -hmm. that this is the demon, either demon. Yeah, I, I, I do. I don't know a ton about like the Nephilim, like hybrid and all that. And like how that kind mm. of can correspond is like the same kind of word. I do not believe these are good beings. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think the gray is actually like a fallen angel. I would probably say this is probably more of a demonic thing, but I'm not positive. You know, I, I, I just, you know, that's just kind of I haven't. It's not my specialty of research, but it's not a physical thing. What I saw, I believe we are the physical vessels. That's why the fallen angels in the spirit world are obsessed with us because they need vessels to be here. They exist in the spirit world. And so they have, if you're a non-believer, they can come inside your body. Um, And they're just, they're trying, you know, it's, it's like, uh, it was not the flesh we're fighting. It's the darkness and the principalities. Like it's, they're the darkness. And so, Basically, to kind of sum up how this brings me to Jesus, I start getting very deep into the occult and uh, magic in the New Age. And by spring 2021, I was working as a medium. I realized, oh, I have these abilities. I can work as a psychic channeler. And I was making $120 an hour. People And I was so busy. I had to block off appointments. Like People were thirsty for it. And so I started doing this, and I did it for about two months. And then I'm doing a channeling session for someone and I would like tap into the spirit world. I'd see these beings. They'd come to me and somebody shows up that I wasn't expecting. And that was Jesus. And I don't believe this was actually Jesus. I believe actually now this was like the spirit world giving me like a new age kind of vision of Jesus. But whatever it was, it got my attention. And I was like, whoa, I was like, man, I got to tell this client Jesus is here with a message. I got the message. I gave it to her. And I was like, you know, I didn't believe in Jesus. So I was like, what is this? Like, it was confusing to me. But what happened was, is it was like God allowed that to happen because he knew it would get my attention. He met me where I was at. I was a psychic channeler at the time. I got this vision of Jesus. All of a sudden though, I realized it was just like supernaturally. It was like Jesus stayed with me, his essence for like two months. And I just like, I started seeing that everything I was doing was wrong. 
I was like, whoa, I shouldn't like I learned about that God doesn't want mediums to be practicing divination like that. He's actually going to throw you in the lake of fire and like astrology, like he don't do astrology, don't practice magic. I something happened to me where I overcame me where I knew that Jesus was real. Like, I don't even know how, like I, I hadn't read the Bible. I was a non-believer, but I, I had this moment and something punctured in me. And I learned about Doreen Virtue and she was a psychic channeler who had an experience with Jesus too, who came out of it and denounced everything. And I just start realizing that everything I'm doing is wrong. And all of a sudden, again, my reality is fractured. And I'm like, I stopped channeling. I can't do it anymore. Um, I stopped practicing magic. I put away my crystals. I'm not doing anything with the moons anymore. Like I am questioning everything that I'd been doing um, the last year or so. And by that's when I kind of, I met my co-host for Secret Societies, Amy too. And she's a Christian and she invites me to her Bible study. Well, by December, 2021, I joined the Bible study. I start reading the Bible. I, my whole life changes. I have a degree in literary interpretation. I never opened the Bible, never read the Bible. I wasn't going to look at that book. It was lies. It was myths. But once I started reading the Bible and once I accepted that, realized that Jesus was God in the flesh and not only that, like, this is the only way. I mean, I was obsessed with Buddha because I would see Buddha on psychedelics. I would see Ganesh on psychedelics. Buddha would talk to me all the time. Did he ever tell me about Jesus? No. He he taught me other things. But so basically, like, Jesus came to me in this crazy way. Again, I think it was just a vision. I, I do not believe that was actually Jesus. I don't think that Jesus does that. But it got me where I was and something supernatural happened to me that I, as a complete denier of Jesus, couldn't even say his name. Now, like he pulled me out of the occult. He you know, Kara, that doesn't surprise me that in order to reach you, <clears throat> excuse me, with your situation and your understanding, he had to utilize the mechanism of a vision. Because when you think about like King Nebuchadnezzar, who's a who's a pagan worshiping, <clears throat> excuse me, king. And God used a dream to show him the future. Yeah. Obviously, his believing Daniel, his prophet, interpreted the dream for him, but it's still he revealed some truth to an unbelieving king yep. uh, and it got his attention. And at some point, he is the only uh, uh, pagan writer that wrote a chapter in the Bible, <laughs> you know, about I love what Daniel. Oh, you know, about what he yeah. So anyway, to, just to give credibility to why you yeah. say, yeah, I know this sounds crazy, but not yeah. so crazy, really. And then you look, and people were denied it. Like people online have tried, oh, it's a false testimony. I'm like, uh, what? You look at my fruits. What happened to me? I became a believer and a Christian, and I'm bold about talking about it. And to come out of where I was to here is that's my testimony. I went from believing that Jesus was a fictional character to now this is my Lord and Savior who died on the cross as payment for my sins because I am I can't be sinless. Romans 3.23, we all fall short of the glory of God. We were born into this sinful world. We Amen. inherited it. There's nothing we're going to sin forever. Like we do the best we can. We can't be Jesus, but this is the way. And that's the only way I threw my boot at my three foot booty statue away. <laughs> I had to give up my idols. Like that was hard for me. Like the, but did but, you hear you know, the gospel when you first started going to the Bible studies or was it later? Or So the, the gospels, that's like Luke, John. and No, I mean like the gospel, which is the message you just said, that Christ died for my oh, sins. Was raised um, again. That came to me in my mind, like, oh, over the summer 2020. 
21 when I after it was May 20 May June 2021 when I had the vision about then and then like I I stopped channeling I, I I'm like freaking out because I'm like what's going on this Jesus stuff and and I just start I would have these Mozarts crying I just out of the I would go oh my god like that was God and Jesus died for us and they sacrificed him and like I got to start thinking about it and looking at it and having all the information I had about this world I knew the spirit world was real because I'd been in it for a long time. I just didn't know what it was. And I, I had woken up to the evils in this world. I had learned about mind programming. I was seeing like this dark, dark part of the world. It made sense why Jesus had to come. Like God, God sent Jesus. And I knew about magic. I knew about ritual. So it made sense. Okay. We needed the ultimate sacrifice. Like we needed, like, that's what God was doing. I understood on the back end, the, the profoundness of it. And so I just, without even reading the Bible, I hadn't, yeah. And That's so then incredible. I no I, no individual came to you and shared with you the finished work of Christ. You no. it came to you. I just I mean I I knew that he had been sacrificed, but I no, nobody said anything. You, wow. Would you say that you assimilated that over time or did it come to you in a single like well, uh, well, I knew, instance? I knew every you know everybody knows that Jesus was killed on the cross. Most I mean I think most people know that this guy named Jesus, whether that they he's God. Oh, so you were aware of the story. I so knew to speak, the story. Could, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, even though you because it's so funny yeah. you mentioned growing up in a family that didn't. Go no, to no, I, I I did the same, and but I knew about Jesus. I, I knew the general idea. I just didn't know he died for me. You know? Yeah, I didn't know he died for me. I didn't even <laughs> believe it had happened. So yeah. I, I, I was like, oh, that didn't really happen because I didn't think Jesus was real. Yeah, of so, course. Yeah. But this all of a sudden, it's like, no, Kara, this happened. And, you know, I, I do believe that God can work miracles and can Amen. can come to us. And and I, I, I know he doesn't necessarily whisper to all of us and he speaks to us with scripture and he's very clear and bold. But I do also believe there's miraculous moments where God, you know, like. Well, I think he, he showed me this for a reason. I gave my, I gave my life to him, not completely like being saved, but in June 11th, 2020, when I wrote that letter, I said, Hey God, you can yeah. have this vessel and do what you want with it. I got nothing I want to do with it. And I think he was like, okay, I don't need Kara, but I can use Kara. She's got quite the story. She's right. You know, I, I think yeah. so this happens to me and I just, um, it, yeah, like I, I, I was reborn. I experienced Amen. the second birth, John 3, 3. Um, tr you know, when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus and Nicodemus, he's talking about how you have to have a second birth. Truly, truly, one cannot see the kingdom of heaven unless you're reborn in the spirit and the flesh. And Nicodemus is like, well, how do you, are you reborn a second time? You have to go back in your mother's womb. And Jesus is like, no, I have experienced a second birth. It's a real thing. I was a non-believer. I'm a believer now. And my, like my whole life has changed. Like, it's crazy. Like it's, you get a new heart, you yeah. know, it is a real thing. Like it's, yeah, I get it. It's, it's, well, it's praise wild. God. That's my, praise that's God kind of did, a yeah. short version of, a, of my time. I, I would tell you after uh, hearing Kara's testimony, I, I'm definitely going to need to add some, some color to mine because mine is like I was in church camp. When I, was a kid. <laughs> I mean, Kara's got like a, a whole story there. That's awesome. Okay, I want to go all the way back to the beginning, right? The misdiagnosis of the bipolar disorder. Scott and I talk about this a little bit offline. I don't, we've never done a, a podcast on it that I know of, although we may have mentioned it. But how much of the um, the stuff out there with people with 
um, mental disorders. I mean, we, we all see, I live in Austin too, right? So we drive down under the, and you see people under the bridge walking yep. around and I go, how much of this is people that have mental disorders and how much of this is demonic oppression? Do you have an opinion on that? That's yeah, exactly what I was wondering about. That's a great question. Yeah. And I, I think it's as simple as this. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you're signed, sealed, and delivered. You're safe. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. You cannot be possessed, but you can be oppressed. And yes. possession is it comes right. inside of you. Once you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it's like oil and water. You can't, you're good. You know, you, nothing can come in. You can definitely you're experience sealed. stuff. Yes, you're sealed. But I look at myself, like I, I think of, I mean, you wouldn't know unless you, we, only God knows anybody's heart, right? But I have a, if you ask my opinion, I would guess a lot of those people that are homeless are not believers. And I think they're probably possessed. And you can mm. see it in people's eyes. Um, I can. Uh, yeah. you can see it in some, my eyes changed. They used to be, I mean, I have dark brown eyes, but they were like blackened before I, I can wow. see that. Yeah, no. Wow. And, and you can see when I can see, like, I remember I had this moment where I was hanging out with some friends and like, I don't remember exactly the moment, 2021, 2020. And one friend was drinking alcohol and got kind of drunk. And I looked at his eyes and it was like, see it, Kara. It was like, you can see the de the spirit in their eyes, behind mm. their eyes. You, and that's why the eyes are the windows of the soul. And I think this is why the Bible's like, be careful what you put into your eyes and your ears and your mouth, like what yeah. you bring into your temple. Um, but I believe that a lot of those homeless people are probably possessed. I think some of them are possessed. And when you see people walking around talking out loud to themselves, that's probably yeah. a spirit speaking through their mouth. Because I experienced this when I would do psychedelics sometimes, like the night of my baptism, when I saw all of those spirits around me, when I thought I was reborn, but I was just illuminated. They were speaking through my mouth. And this would happen to me a lot. And I never made sense of any of this. It's crazy yeah. how in denial I was of even my own abilities. But the spirits, when you're possessed, they can speak right through your own mouth where you're speaking the words, but it's them. Sometimes people's voices will change, but often it's just their own voice. Hi, this is Scott Mitchell with Bible Mysteries. Thank you so much for listening today. And if you'd like to hear the rest of this fascinating interview with Kara Mosher, we invite you to subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast at BibleMysteriesPodcast.com. Just choose Listen from the menu and then select Sign Up for Premium. Thanks for your support.